are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Monday, June 28th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, the managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and Excited to take a look today at the exclusive company that Brian Flores, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, has the opportunity to join with this 2021 Dolphins season. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Brian Flores, we're going to jump right in today, has the opportunity entering into year three of his Miami Dolphins tenure to join a very exclusive club, which is currently only held by each of the Dolphins' first three head coaches in franchise history. George Wilson from 1966 to 1969, Don Shula, who took over in 1970, coached all the way to 1995, And then Jimmy Johnson, who brought you all the way to 1999. So for the Dolphins, the first, what, 33 years of existence had three head coaches? Not too bad. Brian Flores, through his first two seasons, 15 and 17, 5 and 11, 10 and 6. And what we're going to do today is we're going to take a little walk down memory lane at each one of the Dolphins' full-time head coaches. I think that's an important distinguishment to make because Miami has had a number of interim head coaches, whether it be Dan Campbell, Todd Bowles, but they're full-time head coaches. The list for Miami, George Wilson, Don Shula, Jimmy Johnson, Dave Wonstadt, Nick Saban, Cam Cameron, Tony Sperano, Joe Philbin, Adam Gase, and now Brian Flores. Brian Flores has the first, the opportunity to be the first since Jimmy Johnson to see his record improve in each of his first three seasons as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Believe it or not. Don't believe me? Let's let's take the little walk down memory lane to start today's show. George Wilson, first year of tenure with the Dolphins, first year of existence, 3-11, and 67, 4-10, and 68, 5-8-1. He added one win in each of his first three seasons. And then, of course, Don Shula arrives, and in his first season, Miami goes 10-4, and loses in the divisional round of the playoffs. 1971, 10-3-1. They're better by a half a game because of the tie. They lost in the Super Bowl. 1972, 14-0, Super Bowl champions, plus four wins from year two to year three, and the record got better each and every year. Jimmy Johnson. 1996, they were 8-8, eight and eight. 97, 9-7, lost in the wild card round. 98, 10-6, lost in the divisional round. Better every year out of the playoff win by year three. Dave Wonstadt, 2000-2002, first three years. 11-5, 11-5, and 9-7. And, and record actually got worse every year because in 2000, they won a playoff game, the last playoff game the Dolphins have ever won. December 30th, 2000, against Peyton Manning's Indianapolis Colts. 
The following year, 11-5, lost in the wild card round. Then 9-7. and seven. Nick Saban didn't even make it three years. 9-7, and 6-10, backed Alabama, lost six games his first year at Alabama for his third year after taking over as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Their next hire, Cam Cameron. He didn't even make it as long as Saban did. 2007, he was 1-15, fired from the Dolphins. After that one year, one and done. By his third year after taking over the Dolphins, he was entering his second year as the offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. Tony Sperano set the bar too high. Year one, 11 and five, lost in the wild card round. Year two, seven and nine, minus four. Year three, seven and nine. Joe Philbin, at least he trended in the right direction. 2012, seven and nine. 2013, eight and eight. 2014, 8-8. A lot of bad collapses in that stretch, though. And that was the difference between Miami being a team that was worthy of playoff because there was some good talent on those early 2010 Dolphins teams. Adam Gase, 10-6, lost in the wildcard round. 6-10, 7-9. George Wilson, Don Shula, Jimmy Johnson, the only three head coaches in Dolphins history to improve their record each of their first three seasons with the organization. Brian Flores, 11-5, and 10-6, now has an extra game to work with to get it done. You need 11 wins this season, and, and Brian Flores can join that very exclusive club of Dolphins head coaches. And I don't think there's any outcome for Miami this season that features 11 wins that Dolphins fans would be disappointed in. Would you be disheartened if they went 11 and, 11 and 6 and lost a road playoff game? You'd be disheartened. But would you be disappointed? Because if Miami wins 11 games this year, then all the things that they've pieced together uh, have worked. Because the, the young quarterback and the dynamics of Tua Tagovailoa, those things... Don't fail, and you still get to 11 wins. And then the pressure's on and say, hey, this is it. We've strung together two consecutive double-digit wins now. Now it's time to go out and make a little bit of noise. Now it's time to take ourselves seriously as a contender. We don't know that about this team yet. We all have high expectations for this Dolphins team. But this Dolphins team has accomplished in the grand scheme of things no postseason success at all. For 20 years. So I've tried to keep that perspective and say, hey, let's win a playoff game first before we talk about anything big picture-wise. But that is a really great way to look at the last 20 years of head coaching in Miami after those first three head coaches, which had the mantle for the first 33 years. And a good illustration of just how hard these struggles have been. And here's a prime opportunity It's just another motivating factor for the Dolphins. Take another step forward. Maintain everything you've put into place and take another step forward. Because at that point, you will have left no doubt. We're all sitting here wondering, is this going to be just another example of the Dolphins showing some flashes and then flatlining and hitting a, a glass ceiling over their development again? Because we saw it. We saw it with Adam Gase when you won 10 games. We saw it with Tony Sprano when you won 11 games. Joe Philbin never hit a glass ceiling. 
We were right in the middle the entire time. Nick Saban, 9-7, lost three wins. Sperano, 11-5, lost four wins. Gase, 10-6, lost four wins. Can't have it trending that way. That's, that is the single biggest pressure point that I have as somebody who cares about this team, takes pride in this team, is knowing that that has been the trend for 20 years. And that trend has to be broken before we elevate our expectations to be more for Miami. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, whether it's the NHL, the MLB, NBA, or UFC. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs. Head over to the website, betonline.ag, on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available to you. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We had some news drop at the end of last week that I haven't had a chance to talk about here on the show, but is definitely very front of mind for me as somebody who is a subscriber to the idea that you have to look good to play good on the field. The NFL has finally resolve one of their dumbest roadblocks, uh, to be completely honest with you, in which they did not allow teams to fit players for multiple helmets throughout the course of a season. So any one of these college programs has a red helmet, a white helmet, a black helmet, a gray helmet, a yellow helmet. Like, They've got 18 different color combinations for face masks and helmets because of all the different colors that they have at their disposal. And yet the NFL, the professional league in the name of player operations, player health, and player safety, does not allow teams to fit players for more than one helmet throughout the course of the season until now. Here's the uh, memo passed on to the NFL team's In 2018, the league expanded its uniform policy to provide clubs with greater flexibility for optional uniforms, although clubs were still limited to one helmet shell color in their uniform closet. Following the 2018 uniform policy changes, several clubs have sought flexibility to utilize an alternate color helmet shell to match their classic alternate and or color rush uniforms. Based on these requests, league staff conducted a comprehensive review of our uniform policy with the goal of increasing overall club flexibility As a result of this analysis, the league has revised the 2018 uniform policy to allow one alternate color helmet to be added to each club's uniform closet commencing with the 2022 season subject to the below requirements. This alternate color helmet must only be worn together with one of the club's authorized optional uniforms, classic, alternate, and or color rush. If the alternate color helmet is paired with a classic uniform, the alternate color helmet colors and designs must be historically accurate thank goodness gracious that we got out of our own way here you're the nfl you have endless resources you mean to tell me you can't do a separate diagnostic on a fitting for a second helmet this has been resolved it's outstanding news now for the dolphins where does it come into play that's the big question i've heard people say you know we hope we change the face mask it's still a white shell 
you know, everything the Dolphins do with their throwbacks and their current uniforms all involves a white helmet. You know, the details, the decals, the striping, the face mask, those are details that can all be different and change, right? But as far as the core, the shell of the helmet, it's a white helmet. So what this is exciting for for me is if the team decides they want to keep the modern helmets, okay? The modern logo, they want to keep this look. Steve Ross had a big hand in, in all of that development. I get it. If you're going to keep this, let's jazz it up a little bit. Because remember all those Miami Vice photoshops that the, 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 you're seeing the heat with the Vice uniforms and all the Dolphins' concepts of that? That's a reality now. That can exist. Whereas in the past, you'd get these sick black, neon teal, neon pink colors on a Vice uniform, and the Dolphins would still wear a white helmet, with the regular Dolphins colors on the decal. Not anymore. You can have a black alternative helmet. You can have a gray alternative helmet color. That's the big change. It ain't the color of the face mask. It's not the helmet stripe decal that's stickered on there. This opens the door for Miami where if you're going to embrace the modern, modernized look, if you're going to have your retros, you're going to wear them three or four times a season, okay, I'll get over it. But give us something, whether it's... I've always wondered why there's been no gray. You know, the, 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 I think it was the 70s and 80s helmet had a gray face mask. That, you're the dolphins. Your inspiration is a bottlenose dolphin. You mean to tell me you can't come up with some kind of, you know, the Seahawks grays that they have, those gray uh, uniforms? Miami doing something with that and accent colors of orange and teal with white, from my opinion, would look pretty sharp. I'm probably in the minority there. So how about something with orange uniforms with an orange helmet? There's no shortage of combinations that the Dolphins can now possibly cook up, and it's a reality now that did not exist before the memo that was dropped on Friday that allowed teams to expand and add a second helmet shell to their, what do they call it, their closet, their uniform closet. I know Jalen Phillips, um, his Instagram had a look, and they had some alternative helmets for the Dolphins that you see are sold. Their alternative coloring, whether they're black or, or the, the gunmetal gray uh, with different logoing on them. Um, I wouldn't expect that to necessarily be the direction that the Dolphins went. I'd be fascinated to see if something like that did materialize. But uh, I wouldn't read too much into the fact that those existed. Those were kind of the apparel side of things that are sold, and you see all the different variations. I'm sure if you Googled it, you would see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so I wouldn't read too much into that existence. It wasn't in line with when this memo came out, and the Dolphins obviously would have to design a uniform to go alongside that. So nothing imminent there with that if you did happen to see that with Jalen. But uh, nevertheless, I was very excited to get the helmet memo uh, as somebody who is a big uniform snob and thinks, you know, Miami's moderns are nice. Their classics are un-frickin' touchable. It's great to hear that there's more combinations afforded to Miami now than what you've had in years past. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and if you're looking for something to grab and go, 
something post-workout, something delicious to start your day, something delicious to end your day, something delicious to take with you and eat in the ride to work in the morning. You name it. Built Bar can be it. Talking high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, 100% chocolate on all their bars with 10 flavors to choose from. Visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you could save 15% on your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15, to save 15% on your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com can get you everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Our final talking point today uh, is a look at a list that's been compiled by Pro Football Focus, who uh, didn't do the Dolphins necessarily any favors when they compiled their list of the 50 best players for the 2021 season. Miami had no representation on that list. So obviously they're they're banking on a regression to the mean from Xavier Howard, um, not projecting any substantial leaps in play from any of the other young talents on the Dolphins roster, and that's fine. You know We'll let, we'll let the Dolphins uh, materialize and craft those narratives and form that perception for themselves. And I'm sure if they don't get individual accolades, if they're winning football games, they're not really going to care. But uh, they didn't do Miami any favors by omitting every single Dolphin on the roster off that list. Nobody was expecting Jason Sanders to be on there. You know, That's one of their most elite-level players relative for his individual position. Xavier Howard, obviously, is another one. Uh, and, and then from there, it's a bunch of guys that have a lot to prove or – uh, need to take a big step forward. They, they're they not big fans of Jerome Baker's game as far as grading him out as a prospect and uh, not betting on any major leaps from Tua Tonga-Valoa or anybody like that. Uh, but they did give love to the Dolphins organization collectively when they listed their 32 best value contracts in the NFL for the upcoming season. And Will Fuller's contract ranked as the number 15 best value in football this season. So Miami signed Fuller to a one-year fully guaranteed deal worth $10.6 million with another $3 million in incentives based on performance and production on the field. Fuller has to forfeit automatically some 600 k this contract anyway because he's suspended for week one for the failed drug test that cost him the last five games of the 2020 season. So it's effectively a one-year $10 million deal, $3 million in incentives, where if he's hitting his, his incentives, then he's going to have a career year. He's going to put up over 1,000 yards. The Dolphins are going to be super happy with that, and they're going to have stole him effectively. Because when you compare, I know everybody remembers when the legal tampering window started and, and Miami was slow off the jump with free agency and they were slow to act on wide receiver and Kenny Galladay is still out there, and he ends up signing for $18 million per, and Corey Davis gets 12 and a half, and Nelson Aguilar gets 11 and like 
if you just take it on its surface level, like Fuller might not hit all his performances escalators. He'll probably hit some of them. You want to put him in the middle? Say he gets a, a million and a half? Then Will Fuller will have gotten less money on a per-season basis than Corey Davis. He will have gotten approximately the same as Nelson Aguilar after you account for uh, surrendered money due to the, the suspension. And he's getting two-thirds of what Kenny Galladay got paid. So, yeah, you're damn right it's a good value. So it was just nice to see that, that acknowledgement of what Will Fuller brings to the field and what he's physically capable of doing when he's healthy. And Miami not panicking, staying patient, structuring a contract a way that makes him earn some of that higher-level money, that's a theme with this organization now. Xavier Howard, there's, there's availability bonuses built into the back half of his contract to make sure, hey, we're going to pay you, but you're going to get more money guaranteed, but if you're healthy. For Will Fuller, hey, yeah, man, we'll give you 12 mil plus, but we're going to have to make sure you play in enough games to achieve 70 receptions on the season, and that's not an exact stipulation, but that's kind of in the spirit. There's three tiers of receptions and you unlock a certain amount of money for each one of those thresholds you cross throughout the, the course of the season. That's ex- that exists in Devontae Parker's contract. That was something that we saw Miami lost cap space because at the end of the year, they had to pay out the stipulation money they put into place, and Parker hit a certain escalator in his contract. I love that. That's good business. We understand you as a player, you want to get your market value down. But... You also have to understand from our perspective, there's questions about your consistency, your ability to play at a high level year over year, your ability to stay healthy. So meet us in the middle. We'll pay you what you want to get paid, but you're going to have to earn it. Would that strategy work for Xavier Howard? I don't think so. This is totally speculation on my part. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know what Xavier Howard's thinking. But I could tell you Xavier Howard knows he just played last season and was like the 16th highest paid corner in new money in 2020, uh, the 2021 season. He was not in the top 15 for money paid to him that year. I understand what his annual average salary is. We kind of went over that when we've gone through this, these dynamics over the past couple of weeks. But the new money that, that his, his W-2 for 2020 was not amongst the top 15 in corners, uh, amongst corners in football with 10 picks. Xavier wants to get paid for what he's done. And he wants to get paid for what he's done based on my perception of this situation because he knows his longevity to continue to do that at the level he's done it when healthy is on the clock. So... As far as how Miami navigates this with Howard, that would be my pitch. You want to get paid? We want to pay you like an elite player. We think you're an elite player. We'd like to meet meet you in the middle here. I don't know that that's going to get it done, especially with so many of the other reports that are out there about Howard's mentality with this whole process and his perception of him versus the league and him versus the other players on the Dolphins. and that's, it, that's messy. But I love seeing things like that from the Will Fuller contract, the Devontae Parker contract, 
the Xavier Howard contract as it existed beforehand. That's smart business by the Dolphins and pro football focus giving an acknowledgement to the Dolphins that, hey, you guys didn't, didn't panic. You didn't pay Kenny Galladay $18 million per season. You got, got a guy who arguably could be just as high impact of a deep threat down the field, has had significant struggles with staying on the field for all 16 games and what will now be 17 games. But you got them at a really good value, and you got them at a discount, and you gain the opportunity to have more earning potential moving forward. Good on you guys. Agreed. Good on the Dolphins. And good on you for tuning in to Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Look, tomorrow's power to the pot. It's your show, your questions, your topics. You name it, you bring it to the table. Tweet at Locked On Fins with a PH. Hashtag power to the pod. And anything you want to hear us talked about tomorrow on the show, and we'll get to as many of them as we possibly can. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening. The Locked On Dolphins. Cheers. Have a great Monday. Hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow.